at first I was like, this is, I'm reading this wrong. This is not what's actually happening here. And then, you know, then it became oh, really yes. very fucking clear that that was really what was happening to the degree that the next time I ran into him, I, I fully sat him down and was like, tell me what is up? Like, what is, what, what is up here? Because like, Hey, welcome back to Bumbling Idiots, the podcast about online dating for the rest of us. I'm Evangeline Jelly, and I'm here with my co-host Sam, and we're going to dive right into it. Wow, this is weird. Yeah, what's going on? <laughs> oh, it's just funny. We haven't done this in um, what feels like a really long time, but isn't that long. So how are you? I am good. I am well. Yeah, in the ever-evolving dating world that is being single. You know, it's human dynamics, so it's it's just always different. How do you mean? Well, I mean, you know, I guess our premise, you know, when we started was, like, you're new to the dating world. I've been doing this on and off for 10 years. It gives me a different perspective, and it gives you a different perspective. So those are two interesting perspectives, mm-hmm. perspectives that I think are useful to share um or interesting or amusing you know all of those things Mm -hmm. and but within that you know even well obviously you're in a different place than you were a few months ago with your dating you know levels of confidence in areas yeah and every and and every dynamic you know you're you're we're all different people all the time so you know, even if we're mostly the same within, within your dating dynamic, it's always evolving. You know, it's like, unless you dated like a thousand people in your (laughs) twenties, you know, where you're like, oh yeah, I've done this before. Oh, that'd be so sad. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I already have done all this. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I've dated you. I've slept with this. Zero newness for me. Right, right. Oh, I guess I could do this again. Yeah, why not? It wasn't bad before. (laughs) Or hey, I love this. Let's. Yeah, I'm. I'm. uh, It's on. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, Um, but also like, there's an attitude, you know. So some people who like haven't done anything are like super jaded, like, oh yeah, been there, done that, (laughs) you know. And some people who have been like doing tons and tons and tons of things still bring a newness to everything you know yeah so a, a while ago you had um shared a meditation app with me it's called waking up yes yeah. sam harris waking up absolutely oh, amazing which yeah. i'm mentioning by the way as of this moment we're, it's not like we're making any money on this podcast there's no promotions in here so money I'm, I'm, <laughs> but i am only mentioning this i mean we don't we're not doing advertisements so this is not like a plug this is like yeah, in terms totally. of like a, a paid thing um yeah, everything but, is completely genuine. Yeah, yeah, and I absolutely love that app. I I listened to Sam when I woke up today, and he has these wonderful little moments. I think it says "take a moment," and it's and if you allow for alerts and notifications on your phone, it, uh-huh. it just it's like less than sixty seconds from from him. Yeah, yeah, it's I'm really digging it. There's that like introductory Good. course, and I think um, I don't know. It's called the Social Self. Is one of the days where he has a presentation and then there's a meditation after that but the in in that he gets into this talking about you know when i'm in, in interacting with another human being like i'm not seeing myself right 
I am mm-hmm. seeing myself in that other person, like as that other person sees me in that interaction, that dynamic that is being created mm-hmm. between myself and this other person, or it could be a group of, of people, you know, you can be at a, a social event and it's the collaborative energy of creation that is happening in that moment. Mm-hmm. And that I, I think I've listened to that like three times and I, um, it's so refreshing. And so when you were just now talking about the newness of a, an evolving relationship or the newness of a new dating situation with a new person, but also just any relationship evolving. Um, it made me think of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, I guess that's, it speaks to my point of it, it's in the, the eye of the beholder, you know, arrive from a different place, you know, you see it differently. Or if you pause and, and choose to, you can see more of it. Do you think, is that something that you have ever intentionally brought into a romantic situation that you can think of like stopping and pausing and saying, Oh, I'm going to choose a different mentality right now about this. Absolutely. Yeah. I did that specifically with my last long-term relationship. We had a lot of instability in the relationship Mm -hmm. and a lot of intense love and adoration for each other, but a lack of stability and there was a period of extreme disappointment and frustration on my part. And I chose to look within myself and do a lot of work. And that resulted in me perspective and I think appreciation for what it was. And mm-hmm. yeah, and it's, it was lovely. Like I'm, even though the relationship didn't work out, I'm, I was, I'm really happy that I was able to do that because specifically what I found was I had things like factors about it that were undesirable to me initially and I chose to really focus on the things that I loved about the relationship and about that person Mm. and allowed the other things to just fall away and so it wasn't you know and actually I had this conversation with someone recently and he asked me so then were you resentful you know when you decided to like okay you know he he saw it as like a concession and yeah it was interesting and I did not as I, I would you know, I saw it kind of the way I'm speaking to you about it right now, where it was something where I just decided, oh, you know, in this column or thing, you know, if you have like pros and cons, there were some cons. And I thought, you know, these things, these things won't work for me. And, you know, how do I get around that? Or how do we compromise? Or, you know, how do we mm-hmm. change things? How do, how do I, how do I get more of what I want, you know, about this, this entire situation? And, and, and no, it, I wasn't resentful at all. I was actually very happy to suddenly just let those things go and see it as it just more desirable or just allow the things that I loved about it to kind of rise to the top and the other yeah. things to fall away. Yeah. There's so much Liberty in that. I mean, having the freedom of our, of our own mind to be able to choose, like recognize, Oh, I'm on a mental um, repetitive cycle with my expectations of this moment. Right. And then to mm-hmm. recognize that and be able to say, Oh, wait a minute, like I can choose something else. And I will correlate this to an experience that I had at a job where I was no longer interested in the job that I had. I'd done it for a few years and I was really interested in moving on and doing something new, but there weren't opportunities at the company. And so for a stretch, I was going into this job every day, just slogging through it and being just kind of resentful that I had that job, which is a terrible attitude to have because 
it's a job. I can choose to go in and take the job or not. Mm-hmm. Right? And that was actually my realization one day. Wait a minute. You know, I've spent the last six weeks coming into work every day. Like, my job <laughs> is boring. I'm over it. It sucks. <laughs> and then I realized one day, like, but I'm coming in every day and I'm not spending any other part of my day working in a direction to doing something new. I'm not working on my resume. I'm not developing skills that might put me into a different position. I'm not like focusing on what I want to do. I haven't even talked to my boss about wanting to move forward within the organization because I know that there aren't that many opportunities, but who's to say that nothing would happen. And so I kind of looked at all these potential options that I, of things I could be doing. And then I realized I didn't want to do any of them. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I don't want to do my resume. I don't want to go after a new job. I don't even want to talk to my boss. I'm bored with my job, but I am completely unmotivated to do anything else right now. And in terms of work, because I was interested in some other stuff that I was involved with in my life. And I recognized that my job was pretty boring because it was easy at this point. And that was a grace because it allowed me to do these other things. And so nothing changed. My job didn't change. Nothing changed. But my attitude changed 100% because I recognized that I was the one who was choosing to do this every day. And I had plenty of options of things I could do differently. And um, I don't know, that just sort of resonated with how you were describing Mm -hmm. being in relationship and saying, oh, these are the things that um, are not as I would wish them to be and recognizing the discomfort of how I'm feeling about that in, in seeing it in this relationship. And I don't like this and I want to change this. And then getting to a place of saying, well, wait a minute, I can just change my mentality about this. Those things may or may not change in this relationship, but here are all the things I really like. So why am I focusing on the things that don't work for me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you yeah. stayed in that relationship, you know, so that's the thing. It's like, they, and you were happier during that time, I have to assume, because you were focusing on the things that were. Yes, I think I, I think, <laughs> yes, because, I th- yes, definitely. I was happier. I was more, I was more content. I was more at peace with it because I think in a, in a relationship that's lacking commitment, um, you know, and perhaps that was on both sides initially, you know, or on and off. I think, you know, that's. Yeah, I guess early on in the relationship, like, that's a big question, you know, do I want to commit to this? Is this something I want to be in, you know? Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, there are all the variables, two big variables, <laughs> if you're in a relationship with one other person. So mm-hmm. there, it is nice to at least have one variable out of the way, like, yes, I would move forward with this if that were, uh, if that were an option. Mm-hmm. Yeah, instead of, like, struggling with just that. So, yeah, in that respect, I think (laughs) I was happier because, yeah, it makes lots of other things because you're ready for conversations. You're able to communicate, you know, your interest and and your willingness to commit to it. You you know, being able to answer those questions is, Mm -hmm. is a far more comfortable place to be. Yeah. People are listening to our podcast. (laughs) (laughs) It's wild. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's I'm into a, it. a need for this. I think that there's a need, especially for people who are re-entering dating, who've been out of the dating game, and they're finding it to be a completely new and different world. I think that yeah. it's very specific. You know, if you've been in a 10, 20-year relationship, um, things change a lot just in five years. But for the yeah. most part, I think if you've been out of the dating pool it can be extremely intimidating. And if you try on, you know, you try online dating and you think it's just like putting quarters into the candy machine like, <laughs> and, and it's just going to spit out dates, you know, there's all these little friction points along the way where it's easy to say, okay, this is crazy. This is not for me. This is extremely invalidating. I, I I'm, I'm out. Yeah. I think it's, it's nice to have 
um, a community of people who've been there who, um, or a community of two, <laughs> us. Of, of people who are dating and, and totally get it. And, and yeah, it's hard to feel alone in this when it seems like everybody else has it dialed, which is, you know, our experience with the rest of life. It always feels yeah. like you're the only one who's struggling and the only right. one who doesn't get it or, you know, I think yeah. it's, it's, it's useful. So. Yeah, you missed, missed the memo yeah you know and i keep forgetting i really want to sit down with you and have a conversation about um this secondary or tertiary benefit of doing online dating that i've experienced that uh actually i think is the best part about it it was just unexpected and we talked about this a little briefly the other day but you know when i started doing this i had i was very new to this concept of just being single and I don't know that I was even wanting to be involved with anybody, but I really wanted to have an understanding of the landscape of like, what does it look like to try to date at this moment in life? And is that a hopeful situation? Is it not, you know, should I just focus on being a hermit for the rest of my life? And, and you and another friend of mine were very big on get out there and, and, and try this out. And um, yeah, that, that, that extra benefit was that, that idea of, um, I don't know, you just get your feet under you and you're out there in the world and then you start noticing that people are paying attention to you in the world. And that's such a weird experience to have happen. And, and I still can't wrap my head around it, just some of it. It's kind of, I don't know what has happened. Like, remember when I told you about the guy who owns the local restaurant who yeah <laughs> was like hey. i do yeah <laughs> and yeah. would you hey. like something extra with your takeout <laughs> do you want some sauce with that yeah <laughs> and at first i was like this isn't happening i love the boston accent <laughs> <laughs> does the sauce always come with the boston accent i don't know was that is that the accent I, was using? But I, I just yeah the sauce i was just like at, at first i was like this is I'm reading this wrong. This is not what's actually happening here. And then, you know, then it became oh, really yes. very fucking clear that that was really what was happening to the degree that the next time I ran into him, I, I fully sat him down and was like, tell me what is up? Like, what is what what is up here? Because, like, you know, I had not been wearing a wedding ring for quite some time oh just due goodness. to logistics of, you know, you know the fact that I work with my hands a lot it's like I just don't tend to have worn my wedding ring so it's not like right. my having suddenly removed a wedding ring meant that I was like no it wasn't that single. at all yeah it was not so random yeah yeah. That. yeah and like it's not like the I'm saying like the biggest benefit in the world is like people hitting on you I'm just saying it's, no um that's a side effect of your yeah. attitude change in the way you move through the world yeah yeah it's, and I don't think I'm like dressing like whoop you know at all but something is different and I don't know Please tell me if I'm dressing like Whoop because I don't want to be that, you know. <laughs> I think that's what I most frequently asked my children when they were at home was, do I look like I'm having a midlife crisis or do I look nice? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The question of the day. Are you sure I don't look like I'm having a midlife crisis? Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, I yeah, think that, I yeah, that warrants discussion. <clears throat> Yeah, but I think it's a benefit, even if people are suddenly paying attention to you. I still think that it's, um, yeah, I don't know. I think what it is is for me that I feel so much more complete myself in the world. And I think a lot of that has been through the experience of doing 
the process of online dating, even just creating a profile and having to think about who am I? What am I looking for in the world? And, you know, then you go on these dates and you kind of have to represent that in these fast pass conversations over a coffee. And you're sort of iterating yourself to, to a degree where I, you know, you come to understand yourself and where you are in that moment of life better. And um, I think maybe that's what's happened is that I just, part of doing the online dating thing has been getting me to this other shore of not really being in this space of what is the landscape as a recently divorced person? You know, what is this and who am I? And it's more like, no, I'm just kind of doing my life, you know? Mm-hmm. And and my life's pretty great. I like it. <laughs> I, I like my life. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think that, yes, that was so wonderful to see you realize um as you know come to that not not cognitively but just like the 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 realization of of you it's it's like it's that's exactly it it's not that I'm just this ambiguous recently divorced person it's that (laughs) no I'm me I'm me and and sitting with that with comfort in a different level and I I I completely agree it's um it's this this process of spending time on yourself, especially if you were a primary parent in a relationship or if your relationship consisted of um, subjugating yourself in some way professionally or personally yeah. to <laughs> your partner, yeah. then it does leave us with this feeling of, well, um, even if you don't, even if there's, even if it's 50-50, if there's no subjugation, we're all part of a whole when we're partnered. And Mm -hmm. so the process of moving through that space of being, okay, now I'm not with them, you know, identifying yourself as, as like half of what it was and then coming to the place where you're wholly yourself is very important. You just nailed that. I love that. That is such the case because when we're partnered and integrated in a, primary relationship we are half of a whole but it doesn't feel like you're half of a whole you're just part of this complete entity but when that ceases to exist for a while there is the absence of the other part yes and then that is exactly it you suddenly over time you become whole unto yourself again yes and i think that it's possible to accelerate that um because we we all go through it and it's something that I've, I've, it comes up a lot for me um, that we've talked about before, but you can't skip over that, that period of transition. Even if you chose a divorce, even if you are happier, you know, even if, even if everything was by design and something that you did deliberately or have accepted fully, you can't skip over the transition period. And it's, it's a significant period, especially if it's been a long relationship where you have to go mm-hmm. through it and then you get to come out on the other side um, in a much better place because yeah. that thing has ceased to be. And so you have to transition out of it. You have to let go of whatever it was and whoever you were in that. And then, and then it takes some time. It can't be like a week or a month. It can't be six months. I, I, yeah. I tend to see people who get divorced is needing I think a good two years to really be out of it because mm. um and it depends you know on everybody has different 
dates, you know, the date that you sign the papers or the date that you move out or the date that you emotionally left the relationship, you know, but you're still partnered and living in the home. Everybody has a different timeline. And, but I think that we all know once we're out of it, like, oh, that was, this was the timeline for me. And, and, and there's various things, you know, that you have in those timelines, just considering yourself a partner or sexually, you know, if you've stopped Mm -hmm. sleeping together years ago, um, you're out of that a little bit faster. Um, But yeah, it's, it's really significant because when you come out of it on the other side, you really feel it. You, you feel how you're sitting within yourself instead of in a place of loss, you feel a place of self-assuredness and self-knowledge. And, you know, and if you didn't choose it, then it was forced on you and you still get to enjoy that. You still get to enjoy this growth of having spent the time with yourself and having survived that, that period. And, um, and knowing um, it's another huge period of growth, you know, to be a, that the, you can guide yourself through that and you can, you can get through this hard thing and then you know more about yourself and more about who you are as a partner and who you are um, potentially partnering with somebody in the future. And you get to think about that with more optimism rather than just, you know, dread or, yeah, right. <laughs> or, yeah, or missing the, the person who once was your other half. Well, yeah. And it's, um, you know, early, early into this space in my life where I was not focused on the ending of the relationship and more focused on, okay, this is, this is new foreign land. Now what? And like I said, a couple of friends of mine, um, you obviously being one of them, but a couple of other people had a lot of things to say, having also recently gone through a similar experience. And um, I was sort of told, um, you, know, you got to do the work. You've got to do the work. You got to work on yourself. You have to come to self-love. And I just wanted to smack people like yeah. so hard. Yeah. None of that is helpful. What am I going to do? Like <laughs> sit in the corner of a room and be like, oh, I love myself. Oh, yay. yeah. You know, like there's, there's nothing operational about that, you know. Um, and I'm going to really think about what has transpired. But certainly I think that oddly enough, doing this weird online dating thing has been a a significant part of the praxis of it um for me and maybe it's because we have been doing this together and so it's not just been out there learning about this surreal world just by myself but I do think a lot of it has to do with the the fact of having to sort of define myself and what I'm looking for and then you know have um having repeated conversations with people that are new in your life where you're sort of identifying who you are, where you are in that moment. And then the funny thing is you get so comfortable with it that you don't even have to say it anymore. Yeah. It's just incidental. Yes. You know? So if somebody's asking me if I was like, I'm not actively going out on first dates or anything like that right now, but if I went on a first date right now and somebody wanted to ask me all these questions about like, whatever, my career, or you know, being divorced or kids or these huge components, like I, there's no part of me that feels like I have to explain that, you know, like if I want to talk about it, I will, but otherwise it's like, Psh, tell me about you, you know? <laughs> Yeah. 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 And I think it's, it's, that it, I think the online dating is a call to action mm. and it forces us to go through all the little pieces that nudge us forward in, 
in ourselves and identifying who we are. If, you know, if we're, if we're in that place of, of, of loss and kind of confusion and yeah. looking, looking for like, well, who am I and how do I fit into this world? You know, like not all of us are struggling with a loss of identity. Right. right. It forces these tiny little steps of, <laughs> and it's funny how painful I'm just thinking back over the six months with you. <laughs> it, it's funny how painful they can be. You know, it's, it's like every little thing, like, well, what am I going to write in the profile? And do I really have to do this? And, and like, yeah. t- what does any of this matter? And like, what about the photos? You know, just throw some photos up. And what do I have to wear on a first date? And, you know, what do I really have to say? And, and it's, I think a lot of us, it's this reluctant force march into all of that. You know, do I have to do this? Do I have to do this? You know? Yeah. And, and then like many things, once you do it, you realize, oh, this is why I'm doing this. And this is why it was beneficial. And actually this is lovely. And I do appreciate this about um, what I'm doing or the, you know, this date that I'll never see again. Like I do appreciate that this, this about them and this about the experience. And um, I think it can be hard to move out of that place of loss. And I think that just having one little thing to do, you know, just signing, picking an app, downloading it, you know, and then maybe mm-hmm. thinking about re- what we would write and it, and like, what are I, what do I like to do? You yeah. Know? <laughs> and all of that, it's, you know, it's the same with an entrepreneur. It's nailing that elevator pitch. It's, mm. it's having that full awareness of the essence of oneself and how you describe yourself how you fit into the world around you how who you're looking for in terms of a date or partner um Mm. because sometimes you know it's 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 frequently true that people who are very successful in one aspect of their life are often lacking that same level of success in other areas of their life and so yeah so so, some yeah so some people are extremely successful in their working lives you know, they, they've really yeah. got that down They're You know, they're at, you know, always setting goals and achieving admirable levels of success and doing wonderful things that, that are gratifying and ma- meaningful. And um, sometimes their home life suffer- suffers, you know, it's oh, very yeah. hard to put all that energy into <laughs> everything yeah. all the but, time. And you know, so to suddenly take the time, go ahead. No, 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 complete what you're going to say and then I'll say it. Well, to be forced or choose to take the time to focus on who you are in relation to others as, as a partner is, I think some of us don't realize like, oh, I do need to think about this. I actually, this does require effort. It, it will go much better right. <laughs> if I put some effort into it instead of just saying like, okay, I'm here, you know, what's, you know, why isn't everyone showing up or what, <laughs> you know, why isn't this right. going the way I want it to? And it's right it's just like anything else. It's the, the more you put into it, the more you get out of it. And, and there is, when you're in this time of transi- transition, there is this lovely side effect of feeling more at home in oneself because, you know, you're not preparing for a date. You're preparing for yourself. You're being comfortable with yourself and, and feeling more yourself and being more aware of who you are and what you want and what makes you happy. And then stepping into those things more. Right. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting that the part where you said that people who have success in one facet of their life often do not in others, which is not where I was going to guess that that would go, because I was thinking about an observation that you've made about um, 
you know, that to be good at anything in life, you know, we have to be willing to be new at it and to fail and falter and be embarrassed and admit that we don't know what we're doing. And like there, that's come up a, a bunch actually in our conversations, whether or not it's been actually captured in our podcast or not. Um, but it's such a true thing. And I'm grateful that I'm definitely the kind of person who I'm, it's been well modeled for me by others in my life, the, the willingness to have the humility to say, I don't know what I'm doing and the laugh at myself and, and I think that those are components for success in many things. And so I would have guessed that if a person is successful in one facet of their life, success is a replicable thing, which is that it's one thing to, to say, oh, well, I'm wildly successful in my career. And if that's only because you're not no longer taking risks and being willing to try new things and, and humble yourself, it's just um, exponentially growing off of previous success. That's a different thing than being able to say, well, I'm now going to apply these same skills towards something else that's new in my life. And um, I don't know. Oh, I have a complete other non sequitur and then I've really got to bounce, which is that we were, we, we had a conversation the other day where this came up, but I'm going to repeat it here because I don't think I'm going to use our recording from the other day, which is that last week's episode, <laughs> which I don't know when this one's going to come out, but last week's episode was episode 11. And I had pulled from recordings that had been done some time ago, like, like, like I don't know, August maybe even, um, and kind of put that into the episode. But um, we were talking about uh, people who end up with photos on their profiles that are like upside down. Uh -huh. <laughs> and I mentioned a guy that I was texting with who his um, photos were all sideways. And so mm -hmm. I put him in my phone as like Bob sideways. <laughs> 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 and, which, which makes me laugh you know like when he would text me it'd be like bob sideways and that would put me in a decent mood to talk to him and um because anyway he he randomly texted me completely out of blue the blue the other day and i just thought that was so funny because it was not 24 hours prior that i had just been going through these old recordings and he had come up and then i threw it into that episode and then it's like it's it, I love that, like the randomness of the energy of the universe that for some reason, this person who I had completely forgotten about just and I'm sure he totally forgot about me, uh, randomly shot me a text and it came up as like Bob sideways. <laughs> I really want to tell him too, but I don't want to engage in a conversation with him. You know, like I, I don't I don't want to date this person. So, um, oh my but I want to be like, hey, buddy. It's gonna sound so a little funny. weird, but I've got this podcast. You just got mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> I was just talking about you. Exactly. Really? Oh, why? Bob sideways. No, actually. Yeah. yeah. Don't ever change. Don't go change it, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> don't move those photos around. <laughs> that is funny. Yeah. Yeah. These. Yeah. He would, yeah, he would be unrecognizable. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he's just like trying to prepare people for the inevitability that he's gonna like when you when you meet him, he'll be like, you know, you meet up at a cafe and he's just laying down on the ground, you know, like yeah. like Burt Reynolds, like coming in on a stretcher. No, no, no. Like I'm, I'm taking on his side, you know, like Burt Reynolds in front of that fireplace. I think you know, with like the the fur over him, like you would. Hi, I don't recognize anybody because everybody's vertical and then somebody gets on the ground and lies down and you're like, oh, okay. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh my goodness. Now I recognize you, Bob Sideways. <laughs> oh my goodness, you're so funny. How do you remember that? How do I remember Burt Reynolds? Yeah. Oh, because it's just like a classic meme, you know? I don't know. It's part of the way that I understand the world is, you know, 
a certain cheese factor. Wow. I just Googled that. That's a fantastic image. When I think that also, I don't remember which came first, but somebody did a similar image on a very famous um, album cover. Where oh, yeah? They may have been covered by a snake. I think he's covered by fur, right? No, it's fur just animals. his arm. He's lying on his side. His head is propped okay. up by his right hand. I think he's got a cigarette in his mouth, his classic smile. Nice. And his left arm, he's, he's stretched out and his, he's on his right side. So his right leg is bent and we can yeah. see his knee. Oh. And his left arm is, <clears throat> is holding that bent leg. And so it goes right through between his thighs and it covers up oh. just one spot. Well, I'll have to look it up. It's been a while. So, um, it's a fabulous image. There you go. Well, Burt Reynolds, tip of 40. All right. Um, he's dead, right? <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> Thoughtful reflection on the passing of this man's life. <laughs> go you. <laughs> well, it would be really weird to say tip of 40 for somebody that's not dead. You know, oh, is he dead? Is he dead? He's dead, right? <laughs> Yes, he died this year. He died oh. in September. No. Oh shit. So he's not even like cold yet. Oh no. sorry. No. <laughs> for all of you and Burt Reynolds' <laughs> larger family, we apologize for the insensitivity. <laughs> Happened to be what listening to our, our show. <laughs> oh shit. All right. Yeah, sorry about that, Bert. May you rest in peace. But I will literally tip a forty later because you know the time is still right. Um <laughs> oh my goodness. I'll talk to you later. <laughs> okay, bye. bye. <laughs>